If you have your Bibles and want to open to Mark chapter 10, we're going to look there today. After Confederate General Robert E. Lee retired from the military, he was named president of Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia. It was originally named Washington Academy because of a gift from General George Washington. But the name was changed in 1871 in honor of General Lee. And while Lee was president, a new student came into his office and he asked for a copy of the school's rules and regulations. <clears throat> and Lee looked at me and said, son, we, we don't have any rules and regulations in print. And the young man said, you mean the school has no rules? And Lee said, we only have one. And the boy asked, what was it? And Lee replied, our only rule is kindness. You know, I believe we live in a society where kindness is becoming increasingly rare. Not long ago, the front page story of the USA Today began with this observation. A surly driver cuts into your lane. Your teenager brings home a CD with lewd, hostile lyrics. A political candidate in a TV ad morphs into a convicted murderer. Star baseball player spits at an umpire. A radio talk show jockey insults the president while he's sitting right there. It's impossible to ignore the growing rudeness and harshness in American life. We become a society in which the milk of human kindness is curdled. An overwhelming majority of Americans, 89% in their poll, think incivility is a serious problem. And more than three in four said it has gotten worse in the last 10 years. You know, it's interesting. Go to the computer on the internet and type in the word kindness and hit search. You know, among the things you'll find there is a non-for-profit organization called the Kindness Society. And their purpose is this. We are striving to spread kindness by following a simple rule. Do not think, speak, or act unkindly towards others. I think everybody can relate with kindness. Everybody can respond with kindness. Mark Twain once said, Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can read. So what is kindness? The word itself literally means that which is good, helpful, and suitable. It literally means to be gracious to others. And you know, as I ran over in my mind what kindness really was, I came up with this. Kindness is treating others the way God treated you. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Now, I was thinking about kindness, and, and I thought about an incident in the life of Jesus, and that not only shows us kindness, but teaches us valuable lessons on the kindness that God expects. It, it's one of the, the, the sweetest and yet most familiar incidents in the life of Jesus, dealing with his relationship to children. And we see in this incident literally how kindness <laughs> walks and talks. I mean, we're going to see how kindness is seen in the Lord. Mark 10, 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. Now everyone assumed the Lord who walked on water and healed the sick and raised the dead and fed the multitudes they just thought he had no time for babies and children. But it's the exact opposite. Verse 14. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. 
For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I mean, you're never going to find in the life of Jesus where he turned anyone away. He always had time. Friend or foe. He always had time to speak a kind word and do a kind deed. See, Jesus came into an unkind world. It was literally doggy dog, every man for himself kind of world. There were no organizations of mercy, no mental institutions, no hospitals, no orphanages, nothing like that. And yet, when Jesus came, he poured human kindness into the midst of human suffering. Remember, Jesus was God in the flesh, and God is kind. Psalms 117 says this, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Loud him, all you people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us. Without question, one of the hardest parts of Scripture to want to obey is the part that tells us, love our enemies. Am I right? How difficult is it to love your enemies, to love those who have hurt you and abandoned you and just are not kind to you in any way? But do you know why we're told to love our enemies? Jesus said in Luke 6.35, Love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. When you think about that, God is kind not only to those who are evil and don't deserve his kindness, but those who are thankful, they're not even grateful for it. That should tell you something about kindness. Kindness costs, but it cannot be bought. And in 1997, whatever else you might think about her, one of the most kind people who ever lived, Mother Teresa, died. She did many acts of kindness, but one stood out in particular. She was working among the slums of Calcutta, and she was dressing the wounds of a leper, An American tourist observed her work and asked if he could take a picture. And she gave permission, and so the tourist framed his shot. And through the camera lens, he could see that this world-renowned nun tenderly replacing the bandage that was covering the gaping hole where the leopard's nose used to exist. And the photographer could smell the stench of the wound as he moved in for a closer shot. And after capturing several pictures, he said, Sister... I wouldn't do what you're doing for $10 million. And Mother Teresa said, my friend, neither would I. See, kindness costs, but it cannot be bought. But God is not only kind to the sinner, he's also kind to the saint. I mean, think about it. It's the kindness of God that supplies salvation. It's God's kindness that sent his son to die for our sin. Titus 3 says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. God's kindness leads me away from sin to salvation. Romans 2 4 says this, Or or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? God's kindness also reserves a home in heaven. Ephesians 2.7 says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace 
and His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. See, the fact of the matter is, if you are truly saved, you cannot help but be kind because the God of kindness lives in you. He also shows how kindness is to be shown in our life. See, children were looked upon as the littlest and the least. And yet Jesus treated each and every one of us as if we were the king of the universe. See, when Luke tells about this incident, he said, not only were the little children brought, but the infants were brought, the little babies, the newborns. And I think that's so important because we ought to handle people's feelings the way we handle babies, with kindness, gentleness, and tenderness. One of the great lessons of leadership I've learned is that tenderness can motivate people to do things that toughness never can. There's an old Aesop's fable where the wind and the sun argue over who is stronger. And the wind says, do you see that man down there? I can make him take his coat right off quicker than you can. Well, the sun agreed to, to let him do it, and he went behind a cloud, and the wind blew up the storm. But the harder the wind blew, the firmer the old man wrapped his coat around him. Eventually, the wind gave out, and the sun came up. And he began to smile kindly upon that old man. And before long, the old man mopped his brow, pulled off his coat, and strolled on his way. See, the son knew the secret. Warmth, friendliness, and a gentle touch are always stronger than force and fury. See, with all my heart, I believe one of the greatest marks of leadership is kindness. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. One time, Abraham Lincoln was sitting at a dinner in the White House with some very elegant people. But there was one man there who was not so elegant. He didn't have or know very good manners. And the man took his coffee that had been poured into his cup, and he blew on it. And he poured the coffee into a saucer, and he drank out of the saucer. Well, some of those refined ladies sitting around the table were aghast. For a moment, there was this embarrassing silence. And Abraham Lincoln, seeing what happened, took his coffee poured it into the saucer. And for the rest of the evening, he also drank his coffee out of the saucer. See, let me just urge you, take every opportunity you have to be kind to other people. You'll be amazed the difference. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, you cannot do kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. You may have never heard of a man named Stephen Grelet, a French-born Quaker. He died in New Jersey in 1855. He'd be unknown to the world today except for a few lines which are remembered forever. He said this, I shall pass through this world but once. Any good that I can do, any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now and not defer it, for I shall not pass this way again. Jesus also showed us how kindness is to be shared with our lips. I mean, notice carefully what he did with these children. He didn't just take them up. He didn't just give them the quick kiss on the cheek and send them away. Verse 16, it says, he blessed them. See, everyone has this kindness that they're carrying with them everywhere they go. It's in their mouth. It's called the tongue. And never underestimate the power of of a kind word. 
There's an old Japanese proverb that says, one kind word can warm three winter months. And understand, kindness is not only how we act, it's how we react as well. I mean, it's one thing to be kind to a friend. It's another to be kind to an enemy. It's one thing to be kind to those people that like us. It's another to be kind to those who don't. I don't know if you remember, there used to be this old cartoon in the newspaper called Sluggo and Nancy. And in one episode, Sluggo was talking to Nancy and he said, that new kid in school is nothing but a big fathead. And Nancy says, you you shouldn't call people names. I never call people names. And Sluggo said, well, I just got mad when he said that you were stupid looking. And Nancy said, yeah, what else did that fathead say? (laughs) See, it's important as much as we can to be kind. Not only with the deeds that we do, but the words that we say. But again, understand, kindness is not softness. Right? What I mean by kindness is not a sentimental indulgence that tolerates wrong and evil in other people. I mean, suppose I go to the doctor and he examines me and he finds I have a tumor. Now, if he says, I don't want to cause this man any pain, I don't want to upset him, I don't want him to leave here hurt or discouraged, And so he brings me back into his office and he says, everything's great, don't worry, be happy. Well, that doctor's not being kind to me. In fact, he's being unkind. See, if he's kind, he's going to tell me the truth. And he's going to try to remove that tumor regardless of how much it may hurt. See, sometimes kindness means not only confronting the sin of others, but condemning the sin in others. But even that, needs to be done in kindness. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. You see, there are ways to let others know their faults and make a point without being harsh and mean. You can make a critical point with a kind comment. And a calm demeanor goes a lot farther than harsh comments. I read about a man, he was standing in line to buy an airline ticket, and he got to the counter and he said, I would like to buy a ticket to New York City. And the agent said, well, that is no problem. How many pieces of luggage do you have? He said, I have three. And she said, do you want all three checked to New York? He said, no, I want you to send the first suitcase to Phoenix, send the second to Seattle, and the third to London. And the dumbfounded clerk looked at him and said, sir, I'm, I'm sorry, but we can't do that. And the man said, why not? You did it last week. (laughs) See, we always need to react and respond with kindness. And finally, Jesus showed how kindness is to be sown by our love. I don't think it's coincidence that we read Jesus took them in his arms and laid his hands on them. When those babies, when those children felt the loving touch of the master's hand, Even a mother's love could not match the gentleness, the kindness that flowed through him. We all know that song, right? Jesus loves the little children. And what you're seeing in this passage is his love in action. That's what kindness is. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13.4, love is kind. And see, sometimes love is read in a kind note. Sometimes it's heard in a kind word. Sometimes it's felt by a kind touch. 
Someone said this, God is looking for people that are willing to participate in acts of love and kindness to those outside of their present circle. He's looking for people who believe that a humble demonstration of love plants a seed of eternity in the hearts of others that will blossom into faith in Christ. See, I want to show you this love in action. In Matthew 8, 3, there is one of the most amazing statements in Scripture. It says, a leopard had come to Jesus and had worshipped him. And he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And verse 3 says, Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Now, why is that amazing? Because that is the first instance in all of Scripture anyone ever touched a leper. And it was a touch of kindness. See, Dr. Balbrain is a leprosy specialist, and it's a terrible disease. Except in the very early stages, the leprosy patient doesn't feel physical pain. In fact, that's the problem. After leprosy deadens the nerve cells, patients no longer feel pain and can damage their bodies without knowing it. I mean, they can walk around all day with a sharp metal screw or, or, or use a splintery hammer or, or scratch an infected spot. And each of these acts destroy tissue and may even lead to loss of limb. But at no point do they actually feel pain. And even though they may not hurt, they suffer. Their, their pain is not physical, but it's personal, it's social. Because they are rejected by a community, they are total outcasts. Dr. Brand told about one man he was treating in India. And in the course of the examination, he simply laid his hand on the patient's shoulder or on his shoulder, and told him through the translator uh, all about the treatment he was going to give him. And he said the man began to shake and cry. And he asked the translator, he said, did I, did I do something wrong? And the translator said, no, he's crying because you put your hand around his shoulder. And you're the first person to have touched him in all the years he's had leprosy. See, in his kindness, God reached down and he touched me, and he touched you when we were covered with the leprosy of, swin, of sin. He swept me up into his arms, laid his hands on me, and blessed me with forgiveness and salvation. And in that spirit, in that name, when we meet fellow saints and fallen sinners on the highway of life, we need to offer them kindness. See, can I ask you, as we close this morning, do you need that kindness, the kindness that only Jesus can offer the kindness that comes when you surrender your life to him. If you need that, I invite you to come talk to me. I would love to share that with you. And for those of us sitting here who have received his kindness through the salvation that he gave, it's our turn to go and do likewise. We need to see those in our lives that need that kindness that only Jesus can offer. And we need to share that with them. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for the kindness that we have through Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross for our sin. So Lord, help us today, this week, to share that same kindness with others so that they will see you and our words and our actions. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.